electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Equities are bid across the board as NVIDIA comes through as a major catalyst for tech, even with yields climbing to two-and-a-half-month highs. A lot of Fed speak on deck today. Our roadmap is going to begin with NVIDIA's monster quarter, sending the stock up double digits pre-market, revenue rising more than 260% year-on-year. EV stocks, though, moving in reverse. Shares of Lucid and Rivian both plunging post-results. We're going to dig through those numbers. And we'll talk with the CEO of Mondelez on the state of the consumer and what he thinks of the president calling on snack makers to stop shrinkflation. Let's begin, though, with NVIDIA surging on that blowout quarter. Sales more than triple, driven by strong demand for AI chips. Guidance exceeds consensus. This is Jensen Wong on the call last night. This last year, we've seen generative AI really becoming a whole new application space, a whole new way of doing computing, a whole new industry is being formed, um, and that's driving our growth. We guide one quarter at a time, but fundamentally, the conditions are excellent for continued growth, calendar 24 to calendar 25 and beyond. Biggest single-day market cap move, Jim, uh, beating Meta a few weeks ago. Yeah, it should be more up more. I think that what's happened is you realize, as often been the case with NVIDIA from around 2014, that when you see uh, a number, you realize that the stock turned out to be very cheap a year ago. And I think people have to realize, for instance, really some amazing data of when, of when we thought we thought that they were going to earn $20 at the end of the year. In the calendar year, I think that they could now do $24.60. So even in just six weeks ago, we thought they were going to earn $4 less than they're going to. And people have to understand, when you're trying to value a stock, what that says is that stock that was very expensive eight weeks ago turns out to be reasonably valued, and that matters. So you don't have a problem with Key going to 1100 or Bernstein going to 1000 today? No. No, I think that what Jensen spent a lot of time laying out when he talked about the notion, remember, we've got two things going on. We have, our, we have the acceleration computing, and then we have uh, generative AI. Uh, what he did was lay out a, something that people have not been willing to do, which is to say it's not like the 386, 486, uh, Pentium, Pentium 2, where the 386 is, uh, is really obs- obsolete. It's that you can use the H100, the H200, they'll do some new software. There's not going to be a difficult transition. And that was really important because I think a lot of people were worried that there could be a gap, as is the case in a lot of technology. Uh, and this is one of the great second growth stories. Now, remember, he's using trillions. He's basically saying the whole world, everything that we have, which is just general computing, is out of date. So we have to redo everything. If we have to do everything, whether it be auto, 
you just think he has said to me over and over again that manufacturing is by far the biggest market in the world. Well, everything that's manufactured will also have to use his chips. Yeah, I mean, and that's why the the basket of redoing old data centers, building new data centers, uh, huge buckets of demand. These shorter. Um, lead times, Jim. Is that a sign of cooling demand? No, not at all. It's just that finally they've got Taiwan Semi uh, cooking. Uh, these things are very hard to make. They're very big. Uh, and one of the things he also talked about is that there are dual uses. So if you're a cloud service provider, you want them for yourself, but you also want them for the cloud. A couple companies that were, that were called out mightily, Meta called out as a monster user of, uh, of their product. And I thought that was very important because I think people should realize that that's inference. That's why their Instagram ads are so good. Called out Google. Called out ServiceNow. ServiceNow twice saying that they're the ones that have been able to use the, uh, they've been able to develop generative AI in order to be able to help workflow. Uh, the call was magnificent. It was a well-orchestrated call. Uh, Colette Kress, one of my favorite CFOs, she does, she was a little bit more uh, effervescent. Uh, she told me that she thought that was a, not true, but I could detect enthusiasm from anyone. <laughs> and then Jensen comes in on the Q&A. Jensen was, he was more Stravinsky last night than he was, than, than he was Taylor Swift. <laughs> He's been Da Vinci. He can be Stravinsky. He can be anything. He can be anything he wants because he may be the smartest man in the world. Uh, well, the stock has certainly replaced Tesla as the name that yeah. trades most a dollar volume uh, per day. Less and, erratic. And to your point about uh, the tone last night, this is Jensen Wong talking about growth on the call. Generative AI has kicked off a whole new investment cycle to build the next trillion dollars of infrastructure of AI generation factories. We believe these two trends will drive a doubling of the world's data center infrastructure installed base in the next five years and will represent an annual market opportunity in the hundreds of billions. Right. I mean, he's basically saying you've got a, a couple trillion dollar infrastructure that has to be redone. Uh, there's arguably, there's 40 trillion in manufacturers. Arguably, everything has to be redone. You, you have to look at, like, he says the general computing, which we think of as Intel, has run out. Moore's law has run out. And so what's happened is, is that there's no more game. He even talked about how they're, they're depreciating this stuff longer because they won't put any more money in it. This is where the money is. Um, it's 20 times faster, and yet it burns cooler, which is very important to Jensen because he's anti-waste. It was a dazzling call, and I think that there will be people, I call them Luddites. These are people who wanted to destroy the, um, the loom in 1811. They came, defended from, descended from Sherwood Forest, Nottinghamshire, and felt that perhaps it's wrong that we have such a, a powerful loom that wipes out seamstresses. Well, this company... Uh, it's going to wipe them out everywhere. And by the way, one of the most powerful moments was when they talked about sovereign AI, that we can't just have it be in English. Every country, every country in the world, save perhaps China, uh, has to have its own, its own Jensen, its own NVIDIA. Yeah, that's the sovereign element has been one of his so big huge. doctrines huge. last few weeks. Help um, viewers understand the impact China had on data center in the quarter. Well, look, I mean, he's been saying over and over, and I was joking about it yesterday, that he's going to say that it's great degradation. Uh, it's going to not go away, but it's going to decline substantially. But the issue there is, is that everybody wants them. There was a tremendous amount of talk about allocation and how Jensen's going to give them away fairly. So believe me, the Chinese uh, are going to, um, their product will be sold. And then he disputed this with me originally. I and mean, when I said, listen, can't you mark that product up that would have gone to China? I said, look, Jim, we don't do that. 
we don't take advantage of any customer and say, listen, China's not used them. We're going to mark them up 20%. One of the things that they, they spend, you know, they're very close with all the customers. And one of the reasons they're so close is they don't do that stuff. Jensen's very close with Zuckerberg. I think we've actually seen, I will go so far as to say that you're seeing a Jensen influence in the way Zuckerberg carries himself. Because Jensen is light. He's light. He is not. I'm saying not serious, one of the most serious I, people I think in the world. people understand. But, but, but you see, they work very close. They are actual friends. Because I, I asked him, I said, how often do you speak to Mark? He says, all the time. And initially I said, well, how's that possible? He stands for combat. You stand for peace. And he said, no, no, that's not that, that, that on the surface, on the surface. But there's a lot of uh, conviviality, congeniality in the relationship. And that's why I think Meta came out as being the number one user in terms of import of their business. What do you make, sort of broaden it out here, um, the element of MAG7 delivering on earnings, in JP Morgan's words today, irrespective of the rate environment? In other words, do we important. need, does the market even rely? We got I would, a 10 year 433 today. I would go so far as a quarter of our coverage is doing a disservice to, our, to investors. By paying attention to? Well, because it's, it's done very good. I know that's an extremely critical comment, and I'm not going to back down. See, because these companies have defied rates the whole time. So everything should have been caveated, asterisk. Because the reason why my trust owns all of these is because I said these are, uh, these are secular growers that are not going to be impeded. For the first time ever, we've got a group of elite companies. And we should, look, there's four you got 493 companies that are hostage to the rates. That's fine. I'm just saying we have to do our best to keep people in these stocks. And the reason is because they are, they are companies that are run brilliantly. Every single person who runs these companies is brilliant. I might challenge the, the Stanford people who run Google because they did a very poor job in advertising. But we cannot. It, it, look, there are people who have to trade rates. Hedge funds must know rates. Absolutely. I was a hedge fund manager. Coverage really good for me. Really good for me. Yeah. But I'm not me anymore. I'm a person who represents the people who can get these companies. And these are companies that are better than a CD. Okay? These are not, these are beating CDs appreciably. So we have to stop thinking that the labor, that there's 10,000 people who did get or did not get claims. Well, you know what? There's $40 trillion at stake here with NVIDIA. So I'm going with NVIDIA over to claims. So you think these names are going to stay resilient even if there are no cuts, even if the 10-year goes back to four and a half, five? What? Do, you, do I really think that Zuckerberg is going to stop with his inference, which is 40% of NVIDIA's business? Not That's major, major The inference meaning the ability the of ability. Yeah, the product I, to... No, I mean, I listen to this. And if I'm, a, I'm on Google, I'm shaking. I'm saying, like, what am I doing? Even Amazon, and I love Jazz. even Amazon has to take a breath and say, we weren't mentioned the way I thought we'd be mentioned. Whereas Bill McDermott from ServiceNow is saying, hey, you know what, we're getting our due for what we're doing. Salesforce not mentioned. So you're saying they are looking for well, recognition If you're from not Jensen. mentioned, then perhaps you should be watching the 830 employment numbers. <laughs> look, I, look I, I don't want to be out of school here because I work at a great network. I am saying that it's our, my job, my job, and I got a club meeting this Saturday, which I will do a mea culpa for things like Disney, which I screwed up. They didn't screw up. I screwed up. I picked it. Uh, but I got these. I got these. And I am proud that I got these. I have screwed up mightily on a bunch of things, which have been the topic of everybody, every single critic of what's, by the way, go into the damn arena with Teddy Roosevelt. But I will point out that I nailed this one. And, and I nailed it. And I nailed it because I met Jensen a long time ago. And I realized that this man had a vision 
of what he could do, and he shared it with me. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because the, the dog was named NVIDIA in 2017. But it was our job. This is our job. It's my job. It's to get you out of Disney, or at least get you with an activist trying to change it, mm-hmm. and get you in, in NVIDIA, because this is what I'm graded on. This is my grade. Does it feel to you like the Bulls win whether rates stay high and these companies deliver, or they rates go down and the rest of the market rallies? How, how did these companies deliver? Look, Rivian, I like Rivian. But Scringe, he blamed the, blamed the historically high, high rates. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, I searched every word for NVIDIA, put it through ChatGPT. I never heard high rates. <laughs> there was never, never came up on a call. So look, there are disputed areas the way you can look at this. But, you know, this is the, he's the GOAT. I was talking to a couple people in the industry whom I, I idolized last night. And GOAT kept coming up. GOAT kept coming up. Referring and, to Jensen Wong. Great, greatest of all time. And there, there are some people who are very cheery about knowing him because we know that he's ethereal we know that he's not a bus and we know that he carries himself like a gentleman and it's ethereal do you do you think he's a a bigger visionary than elon musk yes you didn't hesitate yes and i tell you why because i think in the end in the end uh i do believe that those are that's technology on wheels and i think that musk can see around the corner but I think that Jensen is thinking about a legacy of changing the entire paradigm about the way the world is. Jensen is creating single-handedly an industrial revolution. And Musk is creating single-handedly a way to be able to deliver things. And those are both brilliant things, without a doubt. But to create an industrial revolution yourself, to create the loom, to create the train, to create the steamboat, who does he say? Do, do, do Lisa Sue and Gelsinger have any part of that? Or is this okay, completely so, a solo job? No, Lisa would. Lisa's watching right now and saying, Jim, why aren't you giving me my due? My current chips are equal to the H100, if not, if not superior. Uh, Pat's as nice as ever. <laughs> Jim, we're going to continue the discussion about NVIDIA and the effect on the market overall. As Jim mentions, uh, more pain for two EV makers later on this hour. Mondelez CEO as well, Dirk Vandeput, will get his take on food inflation and the consumer. You can see how stocks are trading pre-market. That's in addition uh, to the Nikkei all-time high last night and stock 600 in Europe flirting with all-time highs. Back in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
Shares of two EV makers taken a hit in the pre-market in the wake of slowing demand for their products. Rivian, with a full-year production guide below forecast, cuts its salaried workforce by 10%, and the company also posts a wider-than-expected loss. Lucid's production outlook and sales also below consensus. Jim, watching liquidity here, uh, Lucid now below $5 billion. But they Lucid, can- Lucid does have a powerful backing in the Saudis. I think they'll put more money in the public fund. I'm not so worried about them. I listen to... Phil do a fantastic. That was a great interview. An amazing interview with with, Scourge, with with Rivian, and I found it to be uh, disconcerting. Uh, the answers, because as as were the answers, frankly, on the conference call. Because the question is, can you still do the big Georgia plant, go beyond normal Illinois? And uh, there's a, a tacit belief that he can't, uh, that he doesn't have the money. Uh, he's talking about how they'll be able to get the cost of the car down. They're losing so much money on every on every vehicle. It was a daunting call. Uh, I like I like the vehicle very much. Uh, but the skepticism in the call was basically they don't have the horses. Uh, Morgan Stanley, Jonas weighing in saying, is there any pure play alternative to Tesla? No. And uh, look, Jonas once again nails it. Oh, Mercedes said last night, Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. I mean, it's Tesla. And I do think that, by the way, the Tokyo, the the Japanese companies are, if anyone's going to challenge, it'll be a Japanese company trying to get a 10-minute battery charge. But uh, in Japan, we don't, unfortunately, we don't talk about how the, rev, the the revolution in earnings in Japan and how much become, they become visionaries, again, when it comes to autos, like the, like they were when Halberstam wrote that book about, uh, about Toyota. Yeah. And I, I do think that we are... Um, watching the denouement of an era, and I didn't think it would happen six months. Now, again, there'll be a, a, a wave of electric, but this notion of let's give money to a lot of different companies, Tesla won. And hats off to when you think about what Elon did with the balance sheet, is he's made that work. And again, yeah, I, I'm not slighting Elon by saying that I think that Jensen's better. I mean, yeah, look, uh, you could argue that they're there are always been leaders of all different eras. Uh, and you, you look, there's Steve Jobs, okay? Steve Jobs, I think, was more brilliant than any of these Sure. People. But uh, I just know that when I, I look at what happened to EVs, I come back and say they, they had this moment. The new, uh, the new Musk vehicle will come out. I think everyone's very worried about the 33% of the autos in Mexico that are that are China are going to come through here. And there are six companies that Jensen mentions in the NVIDIA call, Chinese companies. And I think there are a lot of people who feel that our, our current government will not be vigilant. And, uh, you know, Geely was mentioned in the uh, NVIDIA call, and I my, took my breath away because you, you get Volvo in here. That's the Trojan horse. The Mexican Trojan horse in EV is going to be very dangerous for Ford and GM. Right. So you think their strategy, as Jonas would argue, needs to turn tail a bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jonas, look, Jonas has a beat on it. Now, Jonas is, he's not concurrent. He is ahead. Uh, But I think that the EV market for now uh, is, was before its time, except for months. It is. It's happened really quickly. Really fast. Uh, and by the way, Chinese retail uh, car sales down 15 year on year. It's China's still a disaster, and we we act as if they're all powerful. They too, 
You know, you know, memo to President Xi, uh, why don't you go read the NVIDIA call? Because let me tell you, Chief, you are way behind. Look I chiefed the, Jesus, I chiefed the head of PRC. We'll get Kramer's mad dash countdown to the opening bell. Uh, take another look at the pre-market. A lot of green arrows, and you know it's all on the back of NVIDIA. We're back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We know NVIDIA, as Goldman said yesterday, is the most important stock on planet Earth. But a lot of other movers today, uh, look, take a look at some NASDAQ 100 gainers. Moderna's in there as well mm -hmm. uh, with the EPS and revenue beat. They do reiterate their 24 sales guide. We'll get to all of those in a few minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Let's get Kramer's mad dash. We count down to the opening bell. We keep hearing people are traveling, they're traveling, they're traveling, even the business travelers back. Well, there's certainly great evidence that Royal Caribbean last night reports a, a, a phenomenal quarter and raises numbers very, very big. Talking about accelerating demand, they're doing incredible things. It's going to move up. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see Norwegian, you'll see the complex and the carnival move up. But Royal Caribbean has been the best. And I've got to tell you, uh, it's breathtaking to see how much People are really traveling, beat and raised on every single line item. Uh, extraordinary, and there's no end to it. Uh, once again, you could say, well, listen, Fed doesn't have to worry because cruises represent a bargain. I come back and say, You're, these people are long on money, short on time. They want to go <laughs> see things, and a cruise is indeed a bargain. Uh, yeah, they now see $10 for the year, streets 960. Wayfair is a similar story this Wayfair, morning. Wayfair, just terrific. Remember, they scaled back a lot of people, and they're doing quite well. Uh, Wayfair has become an institution, and I know that uh, for, for people who are uh, it, it value, value for younger people, and it's been uh, something that the street has not a, 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 a accorded enough valuation for. I think that one can really go higher. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only flies in that ointment might be Annette C, for example. Um, well, yeah, and the growth, geez, the, the merchandise volume is just anemic. There's no growth to it. And I know that they said that the first quarter is going to be the worst one, but they use they use uh, negative single digits uh, expectation for the quarter. That was incredibly disappointing for a company that I like very much. Yeah, incredibly disappointing. Uh, of course, this was all a big topic of discussion at the Fed in the Fed minutes, which were the discussion was so broad. Jim, they talked about uh, labor supply and immigration. Morgan Stanley says this is not a committee that's in any rush to do anything. No, but it's because the data points are 
signaling. But look, immigration, I'm going to talk about immigration because that is, again, remember, there are people who are unscrupulous and they will hire people below minimum wage who are afraid of being deported. Uh, and that does create at last a, uh, what I would say is a ceiling on the jobs that had been $18, they could get those down to 15, 14 illegally. I don't condone any illegal activity. I'm saying it's happening. But I do think that uh, there's a lot to worry about and there's a lot to be excited about if you decide that the 8 to 10 million immigrants are in the workforce. Yeah, and now some word that the president's going to consider some executive actions on asylum. Uh, we'll see what, how that affects you know, that, that immigration. Matters. It matters because we are in a moment where if you listen to uh, all the restaurants, the restaurants are still finding it very hard to get people. Healthcare finding it very hard to get people. Uh, the only place it is not will be the uh, call center. And that is because I don't know whether you've been on any of the calls that are now in video-related calls, <laughs> but they know so much more than humans and they're really polite. You know, humans get very testy if you're testy. They don't know how to get testy. The machines are incredible, even mine. Yeah, that day. little chat box may well not be a uh, human being. I, I had one last week where it just said, I'm not a human, how can I help you? And my reaction was like, terrific, thank heavens, I don't want a human. Mm. Opening bell, by the way, in the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board today, it's Innovator ETFs at the NASDAQ. It's Intap, provider of AI-powered solutions to the banking, accounting, and consulting banking, industries. Banking came up a lot, and particularly Colette Kress, again, the excellent CFO, was talking about fraud. Uh, but I think that banking is in one of those areas. When I asked her, uh, I get a nice uh, background with the people, what, what, who's really using it. Banks are. I mean, most people are using consultants. Some banks are actually using this, this stuff directly. Other industries, they have verticals that are ready, software verticals. And they only they did a billion, a billion dollars in software. I think that's low ball. I can do, see three to four billion in software. Remember, their advantage here over Lisa Sue at AMD is that they've got more software in. Uh, Lisa Sue would tell you that's, that's not original thinking. But Lisa Sue should, should, there's a lot of room for Lisa's frame, a yeah. lot of room for that. So big picture here, back to 50-50 almost. Uh, does it unleash a new generation of animal spirits or is it like we got through it and we can continue a trend? Uh, I think that we are buying, there's a lot of companies whose stocks we're buying uh, because we recognize uh, that the Fed's not going to raise rates. That's really the saving grace. Cut. See, again, I think the raise cut is a false dichotomy. We just don't want them to be on our radar screen. And they're not. Uh, well, we can make them on our radar screen, but that guessing game is not one I want to play. I mean, if I want that, you know, I can play Rummy Q. My wife will beat me every time. Yeah. I just find, I think what matters here are fundamentals. Not When you listen to any of the, any of the conference calls in the last two days, other than pin the tail on Rivian, no one's mentioned rates. I mean, Home Depot mentioned it's like a factor, uh, but if rates came down or mortgage rates came down, they thought they'd do well. Home Depot was not a great call, but the stock is only four points from its high. Right. Uh, I, like, I like Builders First Source, which just was a complete blow-away number. Look at this thing. This thing is at the all, it's not the all-time high because four years ago it was higher. Yeah. But uh, if, if fields really are what's in play, okay, then how is it possible that Home Depot can be there? And the answer is, is that yields are not fractious and unruly. Mm. And that's all we care about is whether they're fractious and unruly. Whirlpool, there was a note this morning about yeah, Whirlpool. Yeah, initiation out of loop, I think, right? That was aggressive because they're saying, don't worry about the six and a quarter yield uh, that, that it's covered. But that would be, they've got a, an analyst meeting and they better deliver. They had a Feb 27 analyst meeting. I'm going to tell them right now, listen, Bitzer, you deliver. 
you've let us down, you deliver. And that European deal, that was awful, okay? And you can defend it all you want, but that's, you defend stuff and it stops here. The analysts play along, I don't know why, but the European deal with Arcelic, which is the Turkish appliance company, that was a second-rate deal. It was, it, was a, it was a suboptimal deal. Well, we do have uh, Redfin, uh, new listings, biggest jump in two months last week, Jim. The spring season's coming, even with mortgages above seven. Well, so maybe you, we're going to get existing in, uh, whatever, half an hour. Look, so you know, maybe some household creation here. We have... Doug Yearly, uh, we have to focus... This is, again, this the false dichotomy of hard landing, soft landing. Uh, Toll Brothers is putting up numbers that look like that the Fed's cutting furiously. And the reason is, great product, value, okay, value for the millionaire, admittedly, and gross margins, extraordinary. They, the gross margins, in all the other housing cycles that have been contiguous with the Fed, these gross margins sort of collapsed from 20, 25 to, say, 12. Instead, they went to 27. Rather remarkable. You can't get that margin expansion unless you're doing something really right, and the Fed is not a factor. Jim, things that got lost yesterday in the shuffle of NVIDIA, Boeing, uh, highest level executive departure Ed Black? on the on the max yeah. uh, since the door panel blowout, uh, new head of quality and safety. Yeah. Stock's not getting really buffeted by no, it. No, and again, it's the, it's the uh, duopoly. Uh, I went to see the World War II Museum in a B-17 that had been preserved, our gal Sal, and you realize Allah masters the air, that even though they weren't perfect, they delivered. It, where's that Boeing? I want that Boeing back. I want that back in in uh, in the uh, Vision Vision Pro. <laughs> oh man! Come on, Eddie Q, get that thing working so we can watch that show. And- uh, a host of uh, restaurant names you mentioned earlier. We didn't really mention Bros or Cake or yeah. Jack. Oh, yeah, I know. I love all those. All right, Bros. The era of overexpansion is over. And it's doing well. That's the Annihilator. I like that very much. I am concerned about Wendy's dividend. Perhaps I shouldn't. Downgrade today. They got Kirk Tanner in there. Season pro. Three decades. PepsiCo. I think he can turn it around. That would be, I know, monumental. Uh, I have Wingstop on tonight. They lowballed the guidance, but they are capable of doubling the number of stores that they have. That's been the best performer of the group. And Mike Skipworth is just sensational. I tried to get a Wingstop, and they said, well, I said, listen, I want a wing stop. And they said, well, how many Burger Kings do you own? How many McDonald's do you own? You can only, it's, it's really like, you can only be a wing stop owner if you're already a member of the club. That's been a fantastic franchise. They're going 1.8 billion, 1.8 million uh, average unit revenue, and they think you can get it to 2 million. 11 different uh, varieties of hot sauce. Uh, got an upgrade of Dash today. Morgan Stanley goes to overweight 145, Jim. Where you been, Morgan Stanley? That quarter was a, look, I think that Tony Zhu, see, here's the problem with, with Tony Zhu. Too self-effacing. If I were there in the room with him on a quarter, I would have said, listen, you blew everybody away, but he won't do that. He's too, he's too humble. Uh, it, this, some of these CEOs are crushing it, but they have no desire to say they're crushing it. Is that a good thing? I mean, I, don't, you've, I never uh, know where you are on non-promotional uh, well, CEOs. I do want, now, if you're making money, I'm okay. If you're losing money, shut up. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Morgan Stanley points to category expansion and uh, and better loyalty. Just a very good uh, situation where the company pivoted, it's doing a lot of things right. I like DoorDash very much. I, one of the stocks I probably want to talk about this weekend. 
at my conference, I find that there are these companies, they never come in. You want to buy them. You want to buy them. So what you have to do is you have to swallow it and buy some and then hope it comes in. Uh, but the great ones are not. The great ones haven't come in. The great ones don't come in on Fed Day. Uh, Jim, the top down names at the moment, Salesforce, IBM, well, Salesforce, Microsoft. Okay, Salesforce not mentioned. Uh, hybrid Cloud, which is IBM mentioned, and Microsoft just uh, GitLab Copilot, uh, Colette Crest, again, CFO, just says extreme adoption, extreme adoption of NVIDIA. So those make sense. Uh, Salesforce has, has amazing AI. Uh, Mark Benioff does not talk about, he happens to like Jensen very much, but uh, much more proprietary in who's powering it, the AI and the Salesforce. Um, some discussion yesterday, Marco Kalanovic, quant over at JPM, once again, trots out 1970s stagflation as a risk, especially with tensions in the Middle East, right. the prospect of a China trade war. What do you make when you hear continued oh. warnings like that? Thank you. Thank you. Let's for for providing the wall of worry? It lets our people get in. Our people who are hardworking people who are trying to augment their paycheck and are not concerned about uh, things that might or might not happen and are trying to find good companies along with S&P. And these are the people who let us in. Jan Hatzius, don't let us in. Nice <laughs> article about Jan. What, University of Freiburg? I mean, the guy, that's a heavy one. He and Erasmus, uh, Slootman went to Erasmus. You know, there's these schools over there. Yeah, they got some Stanford's over there. We're not the only guys who got like Stanford. Yeah, Jan's been Stanford. constructive, although they were also Stanford's my backup school. I said no to them. They, <laughs> they were also it. Jim in the nice March. Weather. They were in the March camp and had to turn. They had to retreat a bit from that. The Goldman, yeah. Goldman, that is. Oh no, that was wrong. I mean, I'm sorry over there. I threw my pen at somebody. Um, I, no, no, this. March. I mean, take it off the table. You've got Fed guys who are trying to say, listen, we basically. Uh, I think we wish that we hadn't said anything. Yeah, about, sorry, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Hit the guy. Finally, Jim, we're going to talk to Mondelez in a minute. Interesting uh, oh, yeah. interview with the Nestle CEO. Asked wow. about asked about GLP-1. Says, yeah, it's going to hurt demand for some products, but maybe we sell more of other stuff. Well, okay. So remember the pastiche that that, that they have at Nestle is 50% pet food and stuff that's good for you. I mean, that's why people don't understand. He really singled out the part of his portfolio that is not good for you. That's GLP-1, yeah. okay? Yeah. His numbers are Zepbound. <laughs> Where's Mongerno? When's he coming on? A couple of minutes? I mean, Dirk, Dirk Finfoot, he hates I that. Think we got I, I confused Mongerno with Mondelez. That was a mistake, as he will tell us any second. Now, let's turn to Mondelez, as a matter of fact. Snack food company pr- expressing confidence in the consumer this week at the end of the consumer analyst group conference. I have to tell you. Before we speak to him, the numbers were great. Okay, numbers are great, so we got to figure out how he's doing. He's joining us with more is Dirk Van Vandeput, and Dirk is just a seasoned pro trading above his algorithm. Dirk, wow. I mean, how you, everyone says that you shouldn't have been able to do this. What are you doing that makes it so you're triumphing over Mungiarno, Wigovi, GLP-1, Zepbound? I mean, what's going on here? Uh, thanks for remembering, it's Mondelez. Um, it's always a pleasure um, to be here. So we're doing the basics right, I think. We're building our brands, keep on reinvesting, driving distribution, doing marketing activities that connect to consumers, and the consumers loves our brands. Oreo, Milka, Toblerone, you name it. Uh, they're very connected, and um, people these days understand that they need to be careful the way they shop, but they don't want to pull back 
on snacking, particularly not on their biscuits and chocolate brands, and, and we're getting rewarded for that. So there's no magic formula, it's just doing the right thing and keep on supporting your brands. That's what well, we're doing. Uh, absolutely. So I want to, your brands are so loved that I found myself saying, does the president have a point here with these comments about shrinkflation and buying snacks? Because they actually, I mean, I, a lot of people tell me that the GLP ones can uh, hurt willpower, but it, it doesn't seem like uh, there's any willpower when it comes to eating your food. But there is a concern that the American public is tired of being played for suckers, said President Biden. Are, are, am I a sucker if, I, if I'm eating a lot of Toblerone? Uh, no, absolutely not. I think since the pandemic, most consumers want a daily indulgence. They want to take some time for themselves. They want to feel good. And so um, taking time for that is considered much more acceptable than it was four or five years ago. About shrinkflation, um, consumers want to buy the product at the right price. And there are price points which are very important for consumers. And to keep those price points, we often uh, reduce the pack. Uh, we don't touch the cookie, but we reduce the pack. And I think consumers are clever enough to know that that's happening. But with inflation that we've been seeing, there's no other ways than to keep these price points, which still makes it affordable for consumers to buy our products. It's so not you, meant. So you to, are to, saying you are saying that you are guilty of of shrinkflation. Well, I I think that at certain stages we play around with our packs and we make them bigger or smaller. We've also launched bigger packs because some consumers prefer to buy bigger packs where it's more affordable per cookie to buy. So we try to adapt the range of packs that we sell uh, to the needs of the consumer. Okay, well, I have here in my, in my hands a report by Senator Bob Casey from Pennsylvania, a Greedflation report, Springflation. He singles out none other than, yes, indeed, Oreos, and says that you have shrunk the family size packs of double stuffed Oreos from one pound, four ounces to one pound, 2.71 ounces. Is that true, sir? <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. Um, and like I was explaining, it's not meant to fool the consumer. It's just to keep the right price point in today's inflationary environment. That's one of the ways we try to do that. It's like watching Lee J. Cobb over here. Too. Yes, Lee J. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a direct cross. Uh, Dirk, a um, lot of interesting presentations at Cagney. Uh, referring to market pressure in China, in Asia Pacific, in parts of the Middle East and Africa. Can you talk about uh, where the pressure points are around the globe? Yes, I think uh, there's uh, geopolitical pressures uh, in the different areas of the world that you just mentioned. Uh, China, uh, uh, Russia, of course, there is uh, the Middle East these days. Um, and then there is consumer uh, nervousness or consumer being much more attentive to the way they buy, which you largely see in the developed markets like the US and, and Europe. And then we have to say that in emerging markets, consumers remain very optimistic about the future and they keep on uh, buying at a very good rate. So it's a mixture between consumers not feeling so great and being careful and uh, some geopolitical situations. What is your thinking right now about corporate exposure in packaged food in, in Russia? Well, um, since the beginning of the war, we, we have condemned the brutal aggression against uh, the Ukraine. Um, 
unfortunately, in terms of operating in Russia, there is no simple solution, really. And so I want to be very clear. If, if we could solve the war by stopping our operation in Russia, we would do so. But I don't think it's as simple as that. And so we are faced with a complicated framework and trying to do what's right. Uh, I think our investors all understand how that works. We believe that the risk of, of continuing our operations is lower than exiting Russia because our business could be put in the hands of a third party who could use it to the benefit of the war. And so we think continuing to operate locally, scaling back our operations and making our business a standalone business that doesn't export to Europe, nor does it import from Europe, is the right way to go. And, and that's the course we're following at the moment. Uh, Dirk, just before I let you go, uh, I'm doing some work about whether Delson Peltz would be a valuable board member for Disney when he served at Mondelez. Did he do a good job for you? Yes, he did. He did. I, uh, I thought that he was a major contributor to our board, that he had the best interest in mind of the company. He pushes hard. So, yes, he comes up with ideas and he tries to challenge you as a CEO. But I always welcome his ideas and, and I enjoyed a very good working relationship with him. Well, there is something that I think Disney could use. The stock's been almost cut in half from a charitable trust. And not, don't feel very charitable toward them right now. Dirk Vanderput, congratulations. You've triumphed over a lot of different things. And I think one of the main reasons why you have your stuff tastes just so good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Got uh, manufacturing and services PMI crossing the tape. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Indeed, it's going to be a one out of three with regard to these PMIs from S&P Global. The best one out of three is 51.5 for headline manufacturing. It's higher than we expected, and it's higher than the rearview mirror. Now, this is preliminary. In a couple of weeks, it will get modified. But 51.5 is the best reading since November of last, excuse me, September of 22. Now, the next two services of composite, they're both below expectations and below last look for our final read on January. 51.3 on services, that's the weakest level since Nov of 23. And if you look at the composite at 51.4, same dynamic, lower than expected, lower than the previous read, also the weakest since November of last year. We see that interest rates have come down off of the jump they had, which really was in essence the 7.30 Eastern release of the ECB minutes pushed rates up a bit, but boy, they are coming down from the highest yield close that we had yesterday in twos and tens for 2024. Indeed, you could stretch that out to two and a half months, actually. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. time for Jim and stuff trading. Yeah, uh, Builders First Source has been a remarkable stock. I, I better perform than Home Depot. And I've got Dave Rush on tonight. Remarkable quarter. This, These are not uh, do-it-yourself guys. This caters directly to the professional builders. And you have the Pulte Homes and the big clients of them. And so they are uh, the picks and shovels to the home builders that are putting up such great numbers. I really like the story. 
Uh, yeah, that's going to be good. A little yeah. buyback in there great. as well. Oh, my God, what a great story. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, Jim, we finally got the release from DOJ appointing their first ever chief AI officer. Well, about time. I mean, I think that this is something we need. I, it, it's not a runaway train. There's just, we need to have, we have to be at the vanguard of it because you, you can easily abuse it. Uh, there's a lot of chart work being done this morning on if the way it, it, it happens is the way Jensen's describing financial conditions, economic activity, maybe politics. I mean, I'm all around the globe. Right. Oh, you know, it's, it's just happening faster than we are. I, I, I do think we can get ahead of it. And I think it, there are a lot of guardrails. But again, I'm just worried about an election. I mean, I, the, the fraudulence that can come from doing something in the election is so easy. Uh, and there's so much that just gets viral so fast that, I, that it is a concern. But I'm not going to let it derail. I'm not a Luddite. This stuff is for real. Right. Uh, so tonight? Yeah. Okay. So I have uh, Patty Poppy from uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, which she's done a remarkable job turning things around. I mean, really. And then I've got, uh, look, Skipworth is the real deal. Uh, Wingstop is a fantastic institution. And people don't talk about it just because it's kind of boring. But we want to make money. The show's about making money. And if you can make money in Wingstop, it doesn't matter that they just make wings. <laughs> the, the, the money's okay. still green? It's pedestrian. Who cares? It makes you money. It doesn't, doesn't have to be AI. It can be wings. And the big one and the little one. <laughs> Jim, good show. Uh, yeah, important day, important show. week. Real good show. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. When we come back, a more reaction to NVIDIA's blowout quarter and upbeat guidance sending the stock and the S&P to fresh all-time highs. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 